When witches go riding and black cats are seen, the moon laughs and whispers, "'Tis near Halloween." If you like to learn, but lack enough time, to locate the reason or translate the rhyme, with magical knowledge from ancient tomes on the shelf, I bring Halloween topics to geek thyself. Hello everyone, I'm Heather and I'll be your host for this podcast. Halloween is my favorite holiday and my favorite spooky time of the year. So park your broom at the door and listen for a spell as I brew up some Halloween topics for this week and the rest of October. Welcome to Halloween month. Ooh, spooky week <laughs> <laughs> Um, So as you probably could tell from our first Halloween-based episode, Russ is also a fan of Halloween, like myself. Yes, I am a fan of the spoops. Even if we don't celebrate Halloween as much, I'm a fan of the Halloween movies, which is what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Or a little bit. Because last year, when you were doing this solo, you talked about some of the most famous origins for general villains and monsters. Yeah, sort of the classic Uh, ones, like vampires and werewolves kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So instead of sort of treading the same sort of ground, we're doing something a bit similar, but we're going to focus on the films that makes this time of year oh so magical. (laughs) And we're going to go over some of... The most well-known horror slasher villains. Talk a bit about them, get into their origins, Mm -hmm. give a kill count, and then we're going to discuss how scary we think they are. Out of uh, out of out of five ten, zero to five of five dead bodies. Is that (laughs) rating? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I made that up on the fly, and I wanted to see Heather's reaction. I think it worked. I'm I'm okay with this. This is a Uh a good measure, I think. And this one, Russ is definitely going to take point on because I don't dislike horror movies, but they're not my, like, go-to. He knows a lot more about uh, the horror movies than I do, so. Yes, a little bit. Uh, Just before we get into all this, while we will, of course, still be family-friendly in this episode, these killers, these monsters, these villains, they have particularly messed up backstories and some of the stuff you might not want to hear so if you're a bit squeamish mm-hmm. if you don't not a big fan of halloween uh like of that kind of spoop maybe yes. skip this one if you're yeah, wishing uh wishing i can't talk tonight if you are listening with small children perhaps skip this episode mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to be like me who was told about freddy krueger when they were seven it's not a good idea. Well, I mean, there is a children's song in the movie, sort of. Yeah, that didn't help things when I was seven, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. That's true. If you're seven and you start hearing somebody singing, <laughs> One, two, Freddy's coming for you. It's creepy. Very, very creepy. Very creepy. But actually, that's a good place to start because Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street was in our first lot to look at. Mm-hmm. So, Freddy Krueger. So his main origins is that he came from uh, a lovely uh, preschool, which is where he worked, uh, Badham Preschool. I think it's Badham or Badham. I'm not quite sure how you say it. Uh, Hmm. Worked as uh, a janitor there. Uh, Was a bit weird, a little bit, but... That tracks. Doesn't... Doesn't really. It wasn't really talked about too much by the parents of all the the children of Elm Street and the surrounding areas. Um, in fact, they tried to pretend he didn't exist, and the reason they did that is because he turned out to be doing very inappropriate things with some of the children. Uh, this was alluded to and sort of hinted at in the original films, and more explicitly said in the later ones. Uh, in the remakes uh, from the 2000 era. So that's basically what he was doing. The town people fell out, uh, found out. He didn't get punished by the law, so they took 
justice into their own hands and essentially burnt him alive in his own boiler room at the, at the, at the preschool. Well then, that explains yeah. the appearance. Mm-hmm, it does. <clears throat> at this point, he still had his glove made, which is how... Um, I don't think... Uh, he hadn't actually killed too many people before becoming what he ended up coming, but he had used it. Uh, and that was still in the boiler room. And they then, once he was dead, they covered it up. They carried on living like nothing had ever happened. Until he came back as a malevolent spirit? Monster? Ghoul? It's mm-hmm. not very clear. But the point is he was back. And this time he was in your dreams, which is terrifying. Yeah, Especially if, like you say... So. And you can't not sleep. You which can, was always but it'll kill you anyway. Yes, it will, and that's great about it. So essentially, we don't know. He don't. We the origin of how he got these powers is very unclear. But the fact is, is he did came back from the vengeance of this, and of course went after all of the children who are older than what he would have gone for earlier, like in that kind of regard, and terrorized their dreams. Freddy is a very interesting slasher villain from the from the time because he was one of the ones with the biggest personality, and he didn't just go for kills. He would like to have some fun. That's true. Bit of creepy fun, like because obviously his whole world was the dream world. He could change dreams, mm-hmm. just to do whatever he want. He could yeah. suck you into a bed. He could claw through your walls. He could stretch his arms so long they could touch either side of massive streets. Boy, I love Freddy a lot. He can teleport. <laughs> There's no way you can stop him. And once you're in his dream, it's incredibly hard to wake yourself up. You yeah. need really someone else to. So oh, basically yeah. the rundown of his powers is he can kill you in your dream and if he does, you die. Yes, and not in a pleasant way either. Never, mm-hmm. never in a pleasant way. So so just to double check because I, you know more about his origins than I do. Yes. So if I'm understanding you right, when he sh- based off of the later revealed backstory, when he comes back in the very first movie and is killing people, are those supposed to be the like more grown-up kids? That were at the elementary Some school? Some of them, yes, yeah. Oh, that's creepy. Especially especially Nancy, yeah. Mm. Uh, that's very heavily... like Because he called Nancy his favourite in the, the remake. That's true. Yeah, which is... Mm, it's it's very creepy, but yes. <laughs> okay, so that is his basic origins. Now, his kill count, unfortunately, because... Because Freddy isn't actually like so hellbent on getting the kills he likes to have fun he's a bit lower than quite a few of the other ones with only 39 kills to his name which is very low to me for a a franchise with 9, 10 films Mm -hmm. he only has 39 kills Uh, he only killed between 4 and 5 people per movie sometimes even less Uh, but more of the time was spent building up the tent uh, the suspension and having fun Absolutely. He definitely did a lot of psychological torture for his victims. Mm-hmm. And he was also just an entertaining killer to watch. Not that the other ones weren't, but he put a lot into it. Robert England can be thanked for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah so, well, and it, now it his... made Freddy mm-hmm. very iconic. Like, everyone oh, knows who Freddy Krueger is. Doesn't matter if he's only got 39 kills, everyone knows Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. But, so, how would you rate Freddy? on a scale from one to five dead bodies. <laughs> um, you know, it's hard to say. Um, uh, I think, okay, here's the thing. Like, he, he was first created so long ago, and so many people have done variations of his costume. Like, they even have sexy Freddy Krueger for women now because they have sexy Halloween oh, costumes no. for everything. But- yeah, we did this one already. <laughs> uh-huh. Trust me, it exists. I'm so sad it exists, but it does exist. And um, so from just a visual, like if I saw him standing in front of me situation, I don't know that I would be as scared as some of the other ones. But in terms of his no, ab- def- abilities, he is yes. very, very, very scary and creepy because... Yeah. Once you fall asleep, you're just kind of hosed. And I personally fall asleep very easily. Yeah. Like, I'll fall asleep and on a 10-minute car drive Yeah, when and I'm not the driving. Big issue, yeah. The big issue with Freddy is that he won't even just be a one-and-done kind of killer. He will 
torment you for multiple mm-hmm. dreams in a row until you know he's going to kill you and then he'll do it yeah. which is the terrifying bit i personally mm-hmm. think he's one of the most one of the most frightening villains not in looks but what he can do definitely yeah, I so would agree. i'd probably i'd probably go four out of five like i don't know what would make him near perfect I don't know, maybe if he could have more impact in the real world, because obviously he can't. Mm-hmm. But four I, out of five for me. I would agree. I would say probably four out of five. And for me, the the reasoning for not going the five would be what you just said. The fact that he can't affect things in the real world when you're awake. That it has to be in the dream world. Um, but I will say, too, I'm one of those weird people where I almost never remember my dreams. And if I do, I very just like get snippets of it. I don't remember the whole thing. So for me, the idea of something that could kill me in my dreams is also very creepy because I wouldn't even necessarily remember that I was having the bad dream when I woke up, which is awful. Okay, so that's Freddy, probably one of the most interesting killers. We're going to now cover Jason Voorhees from Mm -hmm. the Friday the 13th series. Another big one. Absolutely. Now... Jason's origin's a bit different. Obviously, in the first Friday the 13th movie, he's not the protagonist or the antagonist. They're not protagonists. It's their movie, but they're not, they're not protagonists. No, they're it's not. Actually There's nothing Pamela pro Vor- about them. No. Uh, it's actually Pamela Voorhees, Jason's mother, who is the killer throughout the whole film. Uh, and the reason she ends up it's killing... Spoilers. Cam- oh, yeah. Well, uh, yes, you're right. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you chose to do this... <laughs> Uh, sorry. <laughs> yes, um, um, Pamela Voorhees turns out to be the killer uh, for the first Friday the 13th movie. The mm-hmm. reason she ends up killing camp counsellors at Camp Crystal Lake is because she, uh, her son drowned, Jason, while two of the camp counsellors who were meant to be watching the waters were busy having relations, shall we say. Um, yeah, they were so otherwise now, Absolutely. So now... Every time that she comes around, when the place opens again, she goes after the camp counsellors who are getting for a ski. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she uh, she ended up dying in the end of the first film uh, by the only, by the final girl, who was still a virgin, which means she can defeat the evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, classic horror movie trope. Absolutely. But there is also a, a scare factor with her on the water where she is attacked by something out of the water, which is a rotting child, which mm-hmm. is alluded to be Jason. So as we come back to later films, Jason is fully grown, undying, mm-hmm. or very nearly undying, nearly resistant to all kinds of pain, and is tall, dark, and unstoppable. Uh, reborn constantly. Absolutely. Like, you, he, even if you did manage to kill Jason, he has been brought back to life so many times. And in many uh, different even, ways. Mm-hmm, even gunshots just slow him down. Mm-hmm. And even that doesn't last long. Yeah. It's... Yeah, there's... Um, I don't believe we've ever actually seen him properly ever die no do i think we ever will he's just that kind of thing i think he's basically already dead and just undying mm-hmm. some sort of cursed de- demonic spirit sort of situation i do know in um which one was it uh jason goes to hell spoilers for anyone who doesn't <laughs> want to hear this um in jason goes to hell which i saw when i was 10 by the way <laughs> maybe not the best plan um in that one there's like an entire army of police officers who fill him full of bullets. They basically, when he, he keeps going, but they basically shoot him so full of bullets that it's just like pieces of him left. But then when they go to the coroner's office, you think, oh, okay, so he's at, he, something's going to happen. You know something's going to happen because it's a horror movie some sort of weird like dark magic or something compels the coroner to eat Jason's heart. And then the coroner becomes like infected with Jason with Jason. And long story short, there's a lot of stuff in between, but he ends up eventually somehow expelling basically like a Jason embryo almost out of himself. I can't Uh remember if it's after he dies or not. And 
there's a uh, like a legend or curse, I guess you would call it, that they talk about in that particular movie. And I don't know if it's in any of the others because I haven't seen all of the others. But they specifically say that Jason can always be reborn through a Voorhees woman. Ah. It's supposed to be like part of the legend. And he, the like Jason embryo thing ends up being able to find his way into the dead body of a Voorhees woman. Oh boy. Yes. I'm not going to go into details on that one. No, no, we're done. We're done with that. And then he's reborn. And then he goes around killing people again. And suddenly he's not dead anymore. Yeah. So Freddy after Freddy. They will find Uh, a way. Yeah. Jason, Jason's main abilities is just pure stopping power. Mm -hmm. You just can't stop him. Absolutely. Like, he just will not stop. And then you're dead. Uh, he's, yeah. On the, he's actually on the other end of the spectrum for sort of kill counts. While Freddy has not done very well at all, Jason has done extremely well with over 150 kills throughout his movies. That tracks. Uh huh. Absolutely. Well, he kills everybody in uh, pairs for the most part. Well, it's interesting. He actually has 151 kills. Mm hmm. Hmm. I wonder who that poor soul was. <laughs> maybe it was the coroner. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it was. Oh. oh. So, yeah. More kills than any other slasher villain from those sort of times, anyway. Uh, and, mm-hmm. yeah. Most destructive is probably how you'd describe him. And he's gone yeah. everywhere, including to space. <laughs> and yes. has space kills on his list. There was a space kills one. Mm-hmm. I forgot about okay, that. So, I blocked it. So out. how would you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't blame you for that. So how would you rate Mr. Voorhees? Hmm. See, because he's very physically imposing. Yeah. He's so, definitely scary. He yeah. He's very physically imposing. He's definitely scary. And you can't stop him. You can't stop him, and he tends to attack people when they're in a very, very vulnerable and otherwise occupied position. Um, so for all of those reasons, because you don't see him coming, you can't stop him. Once he's after you, I mean, granted, you know, in classic horror movie ways, people make very stupid decisions. But still, he's, like, impossible to stop you. You're just, you can't do anything. So I definitely think he's at least a four- Maybe like a four and a half. Yeah, I, I think if there's ever been a perfect killer, it might be him. But what really kind of restricts me from putting it five is that he's silent. Like there's like there's very little personality there. I guess like mm-hmm. that's why Freddy was a, that's why Freddy was a four for me because of his personality and his messed up head. So I yeah. think he's better than that. But yeah, maybe four and a half dead bodies out of five. Yeah, I wouldn't say quite five, but I would I would give him four and a half dead bodies. Yeah, so we seem to be on the same. So it's it's, it's great it's great rating, isn't it? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm so <laughs> yes, next one is um, Jigsaw. That was it. It was Jigsaw. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay, so Jigsaw, John Kramer. Mm-hmm. Again, this one is going to spoil quite a bit. Yeah, so spoilers, you... spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely watch the first film before you listen to this, because the first film's definitely worth watching. John Kramer was just a regular guy who got diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. who then tried to take his own life, was unsuccessful in that, and that gave him a new outlook on people need to fight for their lives because he tried to crash his car and survive that brutal, brutal attack on his own body. So that gave him the idea to do mm-hmm. that to other people. Yeah. I don't know why he gets off on being on playing God for people, but he does. So he sets up traps, mm-hmm. rooms, <laughs> challenges for all kinds of people who have done wrong and essentially makes them fight for their life in normally a way that's related to what they were doing mm-hmm. so say if it was a form of intimate assault that kind of thing there might be castration involved I remember that one uh, and 
Mm-hmm. If like it's to do with what you see and what you do, there's one that had to cut their eye out to get a key. It's yeah, it's very gruesome. These films are gruesome, especially past the first one. The first one's not too bad, but the later ones they do get very bloody. So yeah. bear that in mind. I think that from what I recall, and I to be clear, I have not seen any of the Saw movies. I heard about a scene in one of them, and I was like, nope, I'm good. Don't need to ever watch it. Um, but my understanding from what I've heard of the different scenes is that, and clips I've seen here and there, is that the first one, everything was still gruesome, but it was more creepy and like, I don't can't imagine wanting it, to do that, as opposed yeah. to just bloody and gory. And then Absolutely. as the movies have progressed, there's been more and more things that are bloody and gory. I totally agree with that. The first one is a very good story as well as well as being a horror movie. It does it really well. Is it the so. first one that has the drug addict who has to crawl through needles? No. Okay. That, the first one is the bathroom one. Like uh, the two the two people uh, locked around uh, in a bathroom by their leg. Hmm. I don't know if I saw that one, or if I had that one described, but... It might be worth watching, but not as as gruesome. But basically, drunk Raymer isn't anything like Supernatural. He's just incredibly intelligent, a bit deranged, and Mm -hmm. can make all these kind of traps. That's basically it. Um, He doesn't have much more to say, but he has quite a few kills to his name, at least more than Freddy, with a nice total of 60. So, which are the ones we see on screen or the remnants of? It's implied that there's more throughout the throughout the the movies, which aren't mm-hmm. so shown, but those are the ones that are actually shown on screen. Yeah, and it is, I think, important to note one of the things that makes Jigsaw such a creepy villain is the fact that he thinks he's doing a good thing for these oh, people. Yeah. He, 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 he thinks absolutely. he's helping them. Absolutely. Um, he thinks he's yeah. fixing their problem by making them mm-hmm. see a better option. It's yeah, no, very, it's basically, very creepy. He's basically trying to show them the value of their life by yeah. putting it on the line. Yeah. yeah. Also, the fact uh, that he's like talking to them through this creepy doll. <laughs> the Billy Puppet, yeah. Yeah, okay, that so, makes it worse. <laughs> all right, so rating uh, Jigsaw is a bit dif- difficult because him on his own is a man maybe one yeah because he's like him as john kramer he's not scary so but in if mm, uh, carry on you carry on well i was just gonna say so maybe it's because i'm a woman but to me even though he's he may not be an intimidating person in real life in like if i just saw him coming down the street knowing that he's a normal human man who then is also a little crazy bumps him up higher for me Oh, okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. I could. So what would you rate him as just a person, then? If I just saw him walking down the street, probably, probably like you said, like a one or like a half or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Practically nothing. But N- wake up in more, one of his... Yeah. yeah, wake up in one of his traps and stuff like that where he's talking to you through the puppet. It's easily a three. Yeah. Easily a three. Like I would say... For me, yeah, I would say at least a three... I think I don't. I don't think he's quite as high as Freddy, personally, because it is still mundane things. Yes, mm-hmm. they're terrifying, but he's not there. He's not the one doing it. He's just letting it happen. Yeah, he he puts them in the position where they have to decide or tr- or make yes. a choice mm-hmm. to see what's going to happen. So I I would yeah. I would say like a three three and a half maybe, just because some of the scenes in particular like. For example, for anyone who hasn't been paying attention through all the other episodes, I work at a vet hospital. So knowing that there's one scene where, and I'm not going to be super graphic about it, but basically where there's someone who's a drug addict and in order to get out, they have to crawl through a pit full of hypodermic needles and broken glass and stuff like that. So just the like that kind of imagery the idea of having to do that because i work with those kind of implements on a daily basis like automatic shivers and just like oh god no i do not ever want to see this movie yeah 
So that's why I might give it like the extra half, just because yeah. he finds things that are very specific to the person, which makes it that yes. much creepier. I guess. Um, I think I'll stick with my three, but I can definitely see why you go three and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with that, uh, that's a good place for us to go into our uh, mid brawl. So we'll do that, and then we'll carry on with all, all the other spoops when we come back out. Indeed. <laughs> all right. Hey guys, welcome to the mid-roll. We're doing the thing again, where we talk about <laughs> the people that we love. Yeah. Uh, first off, I think Heather's probably going to talk about the World the Anvil. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> because they're amazing. Worldanvil.com. Uh, we talk yes. about them every week because they're a fantastic, fantastic group of people and they're amazing creators and their website and the tool that they have built helps other creators like us to flesh out their worlds and make them accessible for other people and give you sort of a wiki style world and campaign management software platform. I, we can't talk about it enough. It's definitely the most robust and extensive world building platform that we've ever found. And I know Logan, who runs a lot of games here at Nerdsmith, has done a lot of searching trying to find a really good one. They even won an any for being an amazing campaign management tools so i we can't talk about them enough it's worldanvil.com definitely recommend you should check them out whether you're a storyteller or a dm and you want to flesh out your world for your players anything like that it's definitely worth looking into absolutely next we'll talk about the other fine folks over at die hard dice because with all the rpg (laughs) games that we play how could we not be best friends with a dice company just wasn't gonna happen was it and they're amazing they are. They they uh, create the molds for all of their metal dice, which is what they're known for. They've got beautiful finishes, beautiful dual color sets with their Spellbinder series. Mm-hmm. All the new dice that they're making. One of my personal favorites in the Spellbinders is the Fay Queen, which is pink and purple, and uh, gold, uh, silk, silver letters. It's beautiful. They've got that. They also have their new Parliament dice, which they've got blue moonstone and purple moonstone, with all different colors in the the actual numbering lots of cool things, cool accessories like the scroll of rolling which we keep talking about which is just a portable dice roller who doesn't Mm -hmm. need that yeah everyone Uh, uses dice and they sound so pretty yes they do it's such a good sound Mm -hmm. absolutely (laughs) so yeah we all all love their dice, they're amazing you're going to love their dice as well if you look at them Mm -hmm. and that's fine because uh, if you find a dice set that you like, you can use the code GEEK yourself to get 15. That's 1-5% off your first or next order with them because they're just that awesome. So yeah, yeah if you... Mm-hmm, absolutely. You can search for whatever you... whatever colour or class type that you want. You can definitely find whatever you're looking for at dieharddice.com. Alright, and with that, let's get back into this week's spooky topic. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> So, next up, I think we were looking at Michael from the Halloween movies, right? Michael Myers. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Now we've come to you. One of the creepiest people ever. <laughs> yeah, on the creep scale, he's like a 6 out of 10, or 6 out of 5 dead bodies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, totally. But only on the creep scale. Oh, yeah. Michael Myers is certainly a very interesting killer um he is human for the most part uh he first killed his sister when he was very young um again while they were while she was having relations Mm -hmm. um that big that that was a big thing in the 80s that happens a lot uh i think it was part of the whole abstinence movement Mm -hmm. that was kind of going on yeah, I think that's what it has something had to do with it. Yeah, that was basically his sort of first killing. It's not really sure why he did it. He just did. Uh, that Michael has the most obscure backstory for for the most part. Like you know that he did kill someone. Mm-hmm. You know that he was taken to a mental institution for his whole life. People tried to talk through him, and all they got from him was, in the words of his. Uh, for, uh, psychiatrist pure 
evil. Unfortunately, I can't remember the psychiatrist's name and it's bugging me now uh, <laughs> because he's in so many other films. But yeah, he is pure evil, which is why it was a problem when he then escaped yep. and went back home to Haddonfield. To see his Friday, other sister. Uh, mm-hmm. Not on Friday, on October the 31st. Seems like a familiar day. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, Halloween. Which is, ironically, when he first... Um, ha- when he had his first killing, uh, which was his sister, and he did it in a clown costume. Which is certainly not creepy at all. At this point, he's a very tall and imposing man. He wears... Mm-hmm a bleached white uh, William Shatner mask <laughs> uh, which is totally true it's a William Shatner mask it's just stretched out yep. um, mm-hmm. uh, and essentially just stalks and watches and one of the most terrifying things from his movies is of course the John Carpenter theme and his just deep breathing through the mask terrifying I still can't mm-hmm. listen to it without getting heebie-jeebies uh, unfortunately, while he's still human, he has superhuman resilience in regards to being stabbed, shot, flung out of windows, and will keep getting back up. Not quite to the same level as Jason, and he might need more time to recover, yeah. but he still does get up every single time, which is always great. It's always great when <laughs> the killers just keep getting up. Great for a horror movie bad for real life absolutely uh, so yeah and I still remember the creepy way that he just sits up um, and when he's been knocked down for a bit it's mm-hmm. yeah uh, I feel like he's probably more creative with how he kills whereas Jason sometimes gets a bit stale like Michael tries to do more things like pin people to walls yeah that's and true. all that fun stuff yeah yeah with Jason uh, no guns, it's pretty though. much just hack and slash a little bit like he was a bit creative in the first year and then he kind of found his groove with the cleaver just mm-hmm. a bit michael prefers the kitchen knife but does other things okay so yeah general sort of powers are very difficult to knock down that kind of thing very tall very imposing incredibly strong as well because for some reason they let the 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 absolute evil person work out apparently at prison I know that never makes sense to me well and somehow also very very good at being quiet despite the fact that he is a very large dude walking around in a weird mask and carrying a kitchen knife somehow no one ever sees him until it's too late yeah absolutely which yeah uh, he's incredibly good at seeking up which is why some people like to potentially say that he can maybe like just sort of teleport a little bit but it uh, like it just maybe feels like he can do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, his kill count is a hundred and thirty-three. So not quite as many as Jason, but still a very impressive number. Yeah, S- still cleaves through quite a few people per movie. And to be fair, he actually has one less movie to do it in because he obviously wasn't the star of Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. He's not in that movie at all, which is a bit weird. But he isn't. Yeah, that was a bit strange. Yeah, it, it basically told mini stories, and it's not my particular favourite, but hey, it, it, it works. Originally, what they were planning on doing with the Halloween series, that's a bit of trivia, is that they were going to go through different villains, uh, but then Halloween did so well, they were like, okay, we can do that after one more movie with Michael, mm-hmm. which is why Michael dies at the end of two because it's meant to be the end of his story. Then they do Season of the Witch, and then they were like, Season of the Witch didn't do so well. Let's bring back Michael. Michael did great. So that's basically how Michael became the the mainstay for Halloween. He just did too well in his first film. They wanted a second go. Then they tried to do their original plan. Didn't quite work out. Okay. Sorry, that that was just a bit fun trivia for that. No, that was cool. So let's talk about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what about for rating? Hmm... I think one. I have, I think I have to give him at least a four because Jason is very similar, and they both like they're both very similar in design. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Michael's uh, mist more mystery sort of thing, like maybe is more f- interesting because obviously, but they both have very clouded sort of pasts. Yeah, I think I have to give him at least a four, 
Um, just because one of the things that I think makes him just as creepy as Jason, despite their differences, is the fact that Michael Voorhees, in in most iterations at least, is supposed to be or Michael Voorhees. Wow, Michael Myers. Yeah, I was just gonna say how long it took you to notice. <laughs> I caught it pretty quick. Um, yeah. Michael Myers is supposed to be just a normal dude who's just really messed up. Which I personally find creepier than just like the guy who's somewhat demonic or something. Because the one who's just a normal guy that's very messed up, those are the ones that like they could live down the street from you. Yeah, I I, I, I totally get that. So what, you think maybe a four and a half for Michael? Or a five? Mm, I don't know if I'd go all the way to five... I'm I'm holding the five for someone that I know we're talking about later because oh really yeah but okay I'm interested I, I, so four and a I, half then yeah I would probably go four to four and a half somewhere in there I I'd, I'd go between there as well um yeah. I think I might go four and a half just because I think you're right that's a really interesting angle of the fact is he's just a dude mm-hmm. okay so yeah, four to done four that. and a half dead bodies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good ranking. Good ranking. Uh, next one was... Oh, Pennywise. <laughs> ah, yes. Now, this is the one you know more about than I do, so feel free to take it away. Okay. So, in terms of Pennywise's origins, and this is a total spoiler for the second movie, so spoiler, 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 don't listen if you don't want to hear it. Um, in terms of that there's a lot more details. I'm going to give you the short version because at least that way I don't spoil everything in case you decide to watch it. But the basic idea that's revealed in it too is that Pennywise is some sort of ultra um, extra dimensional being, either extra dimensional or extraterrestrial, but it leaned more extra dimensional. And he basically crash landed on our earth and in doing so, um, laid in wait until he had access to someone to prey on, basically. So yes. some sort of, uh, you know, they, he's referred to as the Eater of Worlds in um, some of the b- backstory type stuff that you learn in the second movie. And so he's basically some sort of like demon or entity from another dimension who devours fear and then the person also. And he ran into Native Americans first, and they, uh, in the second movie that just came out, there was actually a ritual they find that was used to, like, partially banish him kind of thing. So, so he's supposed to have some sort of powers and abilities that aren't of this world, because he didn't come from here, which makes sense. Cool. Makes sense. Yeah, definitely. There's also allusions in the second movie to the fact that he may have at some point bonded himself to a a human like it basically took one over or merged with him or whatever yes um because in the second movie there's a scene where the woman's character uh i just blanked on her name what was her name no it's okay i'm looking it beverly that's what it was Beverly goes back to her childhood home and again, not going to give all the details because it'll spoil stuff for people, but basically the short version is she goes back to her childhood home and finds out that there's, there's like this creepy woman who starts talking about her dad who was Pennywise the clown in like a circus. Ultimately, she figures out that it's actually all a trick from Pennywise, but is it possible that part of the reason Pennywise shows up as a clown so often in the more recent iterations is because at some point in the early years, he did kind of merge with a guy who was a clown. Potentially could be an interesting theory. So Um, there's speculation. uh, Yeah. And speaking of sort of all of his big history, we found a really interesting write up about Pennywise while we were looking up for this episode. Mm hmm. About about his uh, death count, which I think you've still got up, haven't you? I do, and it's an intimidating number. Mm -hmm. uh, Just just to point out, part of this is based on the book law as well as the films. Yeah, This Uh, this is not just his movie kill count. This is like 
based off Stephen King's novel and how it's described of the cycle of him becoming more active and killing people. How many people has he killed in his entire existence kind of list. Yeah, because this is really the first one that didn't originate from the fil- uh, from the screen. So we're being a little bit leeway-ish with him because in his films he's not really represented as well as he could be, especially in the original in the original one. So we're being a bit nice. Yeah. And he's done a lot. He's got he gets around apparently. So mm-hmm. uh what was that number again? Because we both couldn't believe it when we read it. It's so much. So the person who did the math basically looked at the full history that the kids find out in the book. It includes finding out that he's been active for a very long time, since like the 1700s, that he's existed in this area of Derry since roughly 270 years before the kids find everything. And there's a cycle where every roughly 27 years or so, he pops back up and more people die that particular year. Like, and every year he kills people. The estimate based off of um, what's described in the book is roughly 40 to 60 people a year. So that's 40 to 60 people a year over 270 years. But on top of that, you have to increase the number any of the years when he has one of his cycles, because during the cycles, more people die. So someone actually broke down the math and did like a spreadsheet of here's how my math works out. And when you include those numbers, they got a grand total of somewhere between 12,177 and 18,011 deaths. Somewhere in between the two, depending on if you're going with 40 deaths per year or 60 deaths per year. Boy. That's a lot of dead people. Absolutely. Which, now we've done that, I think I figured out who your five might have been reserved for. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, five out of five dead bodies. (laughs) Yeah. And the other thing is, too, Pennywise... Okay, for me, Pennywise is particularly creepy for a variety of reasons. Clowns, for one. One is clowns. I don't like clowns. I really don't like clowns. I don't have a phobia. Like, if I see a clown walking down the street, I don't freeze. I don't have to cross the yeah, street or something. But you just I don't just like them. don't like them. And I That's haven't bad. for most of my life. <laughs> um, for any of the parents out there listening, don't let your eight-year-old children watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's a bad idea. Don't like clowns. Do not. I mean, I didn't like them very much before, but then I really didn't like them after. I mean, to be fair, you'd, if that was the same logic that worked, you'd think I wouldn't like Freddy at all. Maybe That's I'm true. just a bit messed. Maybe I'm just a bit messed up in the head. That could <laughs> also be true. Everyone's so, yeah. different. I knew it was fake, but I already didn't like clowns, and then I saw that yeah. movie, and I was like, okay, now clowns are extra creepy. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think if I didn't give him the five with that kind of impressive kill count, I'd be a little just disingenuous. So, <laughs> yes, he can have the five. The clown has it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, for me, he's a he's a five out of five dead bodies. The other thing is too, even beyond the kill count, like even if you're just watching the movies, now his movie kill count is not very high. It really isn't. But every kill is incredibly creepy. Like the in the in the first movie and I by first movie I mean like the original it with Tim Curry playing Pennywise. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Oh, God, I hate that. Um, in the original <laughs> in the original movie, which is honestly the only one I've seen cuz I really don't want to see the new ones cuz clowns. Um <laughs> in the original one Um, you know, I still remember the scene of like the boat going down the storm drain. And then all of a sudden you just see Pennywise's eyes in the drain, in the drain. And he's smiling up at the little boy in his yellow raincoat. And, and you can't help but be like screaming internally, 
don't do it don't do it oh my god what are you doing don't do it like it's just so incredibly creepy and causes such a visceral reaction because there are so many things like even if it was the just a normal person in the storm drain it would be so creepy because you know you know something awful is going to happen and you know it's a bad idea and you know that the kid doesn't know any better and is going to trust the clown it's just so many levels of ugh and awfulness and it's like and then all of the creepy psychological stuff that he does to everyone yeah like totally pulling in things that he knows they're scared of um you know filling rooms with blood and just giant spiders and just all the things that he knows are going to terrify them that he's pulling in yeah and again in the origin stuff that they're they put out in it too um one of the things was that he likes to feed on their fear before he actually eats them so it makes sense that he's terrifying them but he's literally terrifying them and then he's like okay your dinner now (laughs) definitely (laughs) so definitely all of those plus clown for me makes him a five a five out of five you know what (laughs) i don't think i could i don't think i could say any better (laughs) right so as a small unwind from the creepy, we're going to go to a different kind of creepy to wrap up. Mm. And this kind of creepy is the cannibal variety. Yeah, which is also gross. <laughs> it is. Which, if you haven't already guessed that we're going to talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we're going to talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Boba mm-hmm. Sawyer. Leatherface. The man who wears your face after he's eaten you. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, horror movies are fun. So, the origins of Boa Sawyer, they they have jumped around quite a bit in the movies, and I can't always keep it very straight. Um, but essentially, it's a family of cannibals. They have all been families of cannibals. I know in the the remakes it's a bit different, but um, like I said, it gets way too confusing if if we looked at all the remakes. But yeah, family of cannibals. Bubba or um, Leatherface isn't exactly the most intelligent. In fact, he's incredibly primal. Can't really speak. Very good with a chainsaw, though, and is essentially there as sort of guarding the house and cook and cutting up the bodies, which he does very well. Uh, especially in the first film, uh, with maybe I think it's two people getting away out of the many people who arrive at the place, and they only get away because they have a car and. He can't outrun, he can't outrun a car, but that's that very cinematic shot of him chasing with the chainsaw up, mm-hmm. and it yeah it's all good. Uh, he gets he's very emotional, gets angry very quickly, and doesn't really hesitate to whack you with his hammer. Very much like Jigsaw, they're just like people. They can be hurt. They can die. Most of the Sawyers die eventually, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe Bubba dies in at least one of the films. <laughs> Uh, so yeah they're just like people but they're scary people they eat people mm-hmm. it's fairly scary enough I don't really think we need to cover too much about that yeah they're definitely creepy I don't find them as scary as some of the other ones we've discussed yeah uh, no I don't think so uh, he does have 31 kills to his name and it does say that that is specifically his kills not just the Sawyer family in general nice. so he's at least doing a fairly decent job with his chainsaw uh, and his mallet because obviously he does that one in the chiller and then the chiller slide which is like I still uh, I'm very fan of the cinematography in the original <laughs> one so yeah yeah he's but essentially just chainsaw wielding man with a face of basically stitched onto to, onto his face and even if you just saw that in the street that would be enough for me i'd be done yeah. <laughs> I, do, uh, I think do you have to say i would cross the street to yeah. to, to not walk past that person uh, <laughs> just having a chainsaw revving yeah i think that's at least a solid three for me like at least yeah i would say i would say he's like a three like, he's yeah. definitely creepy. I'm not going to want to be near him. Definitely don't want to go to their house. But uh, no sleepovers over there. No. But, um, <laughs> but I don't find him as horrifying. Like, 
it's disgusting, but in terms of being scary, I don't find mm-hmm. it as scary. I, I think it's no. absolutely well, gross, but not as scary. Yeah, because, like, again, he's just a regular guy, and he does well, but he can't compete with supernatural bodies of force. Right. So, like, he's just a bit below them, which is fine. He's about the same sort of level as Jigsaw for me, which, again, makes sense. But I do think yeah. he's generally scary at three because of how he looks and he's wielding a chainsaw and he'll eat you. Yeah, Whereas, I would say, I, I would agree with you. I would say for me, he's a three. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The, okay, and that's another bunch of horror court classic things that we've covered. We did mm-hmm. cover quite a few from like the, the golden age of slashers along with Saw, which became the sort of standard for at least the first part of the 2000s. If you can't yeah. guess, I'm really into horror movies. <laughs> I, I, which is why no. I kind of took the lead on this one. <laughs> but I don't mind that. It's not yeah. very often that I do it. Uh, I will say there's, just to be clear for anyone out there who's wondering, there are a lot of other horror villains that we didn't cover and we're very aware of that we specifically wanted to hit some of the sort of most iconic um there are some we didn't cover either because we weren't as familiar with them or because we just didn't have time because this is supposed to be a half hour podcast yeah uh but speaking (laughs) of that if there are ones you want us to talk about feel free to let us know We'll, Mm -hmm. we'll happily do another one of these episodes maybe next halloween yeah, like I'm sure we could round up another group then at that time. But yeah, in the meantime, we'll, we'll see you guys later. Enjoy the spoops. Don't be too terrified to sleep. Freddy will come for you. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> Grab okay. your crucifix. Oh, we could do the exorcist. Mm. Okay, we got ideas for <laughs> next time. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Uh, thank you for listening. Enjoy the, the festive... Festive? spooky season I mean it can be festive if you want it to be but spooky season's better alright see you all soon guys pleasant dreams bye thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network if you have any questions for either of us you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself you can also email us at geek thyself at nerdsmith.org and please don't forget to go to itunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts we'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode and until then don't forget to geek thyself geek thyself